0: actually curious as to what you guys are watching this week because i haven't gotten a chance to watch anything uh these past two weeks uh the week before last i actually broke quarantine uh-oh and went to a casino <gasps> Where yeah. i'm so We're excited
1: ahead. to hear so many stories you don't
0: want that it's on. not just, it's, it's not too exciting uh no. i went to oklahoma um uh and spent my time maskless at an at a bar and uh pretty much maskless at the, the slot machines and the roulette tables. Um the most
1: boring of the games. <laughs> I wanna hear about your blackjack adventures.
0: You know, I'm I um I played virtual blackjack and I, you I did, I did that shit at home. Hemorrh- yeah, I hemorrhaged money. It was it was terrible. So uh I won't be doing that again anytime <laughs> soon. I, I am not uh not a blackjack guy. You know, I, I did do fairly well at, um, roulette, but, uh, no, I think I, I, I definitely left with less money than I I walked in with that weekend.
1: Roulette's actually really fun.
2: I'm looking forward to two weeks from now. Now's podcast. when we have to have another person call in in from the hospital. Can't (laughs) wait. Can't wait.
1: (laughs) Fucking branding. Amanda. I watched Hamilton and I wish it had come out before we had recorded our categories, because honestly, I'm a big fan of recency bias and it might have tied for best musical with Chicago.
3: Listen, I haven't seen all of Hamilton yet, but I know all the words to all the fucking soundtrack to that movie because that's all it's been playing in my house nonstop.
2: Yes, you fucking do. Interesting. I don't. uh, Did anybody else watch this? I haven't watched it.
1: It's excellent. It
2: it was two hours and forty minutes, and I think we were going to put it on, and it was like eleven o'clock already. You
1: can you can break it up into two parts. They do have an intermission,
3: and it's really good. From a former theater kid that that appreciates all that jazz, man, it was it.
1: Cece was very hesitant to watch it with me because you know she was like, "Oh, it's a history movie. That sounds really boring." But uh, after every song, she's like, "I have chills." (laughs) <laughs> she finished the whole thing in one night
3: prior to this recording they were listening to something they were holding each other crying in one another's <laughs> arms and i was like what i was like what the fuck happened what what's going on they're like
0: we're just listening to the soundtrack of hamilton it's just so... and i was like
3: okay cool so everyone's safe right like everyone's fine like
1: it was a song about
3: you daughters. think i'm joking i'm
2: really not like this shit's real oh the daughters yeah a real it's a real powerful one
3: nick what you guys
2: been watching jen yeah jen do you want to go second since yours is better than mine is
4: is it but be- i mean ours are similar yeah, somewhat, uh, yeah no,
2: go ahead. yours is way
3: better
4: yours is way better jen i mean he was a part of it as well i guess
2: i was gonna say i mean the two that you have i watched you didn't see the ones that i have
4: no I do know you do that often
2: that's how it works so this week uh this week i watched my 100th movie of the year it's (laughs) it's um it's blow up it's this 1966 movie it's supposed to be really good um very uh very prestige i guess pretty good pretty good you
1: just you just said it's supposed to be very good like you haven't actually seen it
2: No, I'm saying I'm saying the reputation going into it was that it it was one of the, you know, the great movies of the 1960s. I I get it. I mean, you know, it's every time you watch an old movie and you're like, this has a very good reputation. And you're like, okay, well, movies have advanced since we've watched since they made movies in 1960. It's been 50 years. Jen, what did uh, what did we watch slash you watch?
4: Well, yeah, I guess we both watched um, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, um, the Daniel Craig one. You mean the David Fincher one? Oh, that as well. Yes. <laughs> no,
2: spoilers. No,
4: spoilers. no, we we picked it because Nick was like, "I'm going to give you three actors to pick from," and it was like Ryan Phillippe, Nicolas Cage, and Daniel Craig. And I said oh. Daniel Craig. Yeah, what for the sure. Fuck?
3: <laughs> why are those three random-ass actors? And why uh, didn't you pick Ryan Phillippe?
4: Because the well, answer I'm, is clearly Daniel Craig. I'm not mad at my choice. I'm not I mad at choice
3: there. I'm just wondering, like, because I know I know Nicolas Cage is one of your guys.
2: They're all all three of them are hers. That's why I that's why I asked the question is I, I figured it would be interesting like, you know. Sophie's You're choice. Here, like,
4: 30 minutes to choose. Basically.
1: I don't want to take a, a too far of a left turn here, but like if she had chosen Ryan Philippi, what do you watch?
2: Gosford Park.
3: Oh, first fucking 5 minutes? I mean, <laughs> Ryan Philippi is one of the more underrated actors of the 20th century.
2: That is 21st entry, excuse me. That is a
4: ridiculous statement. If we ever do Cruel Intentions.
3: Oh, we're doing Cruel Intentions.
4: Thank you. Oh,
3: no. Oh, Nick, I will (laughs) bite you on that one.
4: He says I bring it up every five seconds, and I'm like, I've brought it up like four times. 40? Four.
2: No, I heard 40.
4: Shut up. Okay, anyways, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, fantastic. It's already like two and a half hours long or Mm -hmm. something like that, and it took us almost three and a half hours to watch it.
1: Can to expand on that?
4: No, I just paused oh. it on Daniel Craig. Wow. Analyzing the movie. Trying to find the, <laughs> the moment where he hangs dong? You know, I thought maybe he would. Well. Didn't. Well, we didn't see anything.
2: I was just going to say, we paused it. We stopped. He took his shirt off and I paused it and I was like, Jennifer, shirtless Daniel Craig. And then things were happening and I was like, you know what? I bet Daniel Craig fucks in this movie. <laughs> and then he fucks in the movie, so we had to, you know, <laughs> pause some there.
3: So Antonio, unfortunately, is not probably going to be on this recording. Because he has been dealing with some hospital-related issues and is not going to be on this recording, unfortunately, but I am going to say what he is watching because all three of those things, well, two out of three are really, really just incredible. <laughs> Movies he watched this week, Sicario, Dia del Soledadlo, it's the second one. It's really good. It's underrated. People... Don't understand how great that movie really truly is, if it stands alone aside from the first one. The other movie he watched is Patriot's Day. Never seen it, but Mark Wahlberg gets the same performance over and over again, so I'm sure you guys can imagine what that's like. Get his ass. But (laughs) the great thing that he watched, or he started watching, and I don't know if he's finished it or not, is on TV. It's Shits Creek. It's a Canadian television show. It's really, really good. You should just check it out. Just watch two, three episodes, you're going to be hooked. Catherine O'Hara is just, oh, man, she brings in every single episode. It's just just a really, really fun, good watch.
5: So that's what Antonio watched this week. Derek, what did you watch this week? So before the world went to shit, we were supposed to be in Greece. So I've been making up for that by getting super drunk on Greek wine and watching Greek movies. So my movie this week that I watched was Troy, uh, starring Brad Pitt and probably one of his most fit roles, I would say. Um, but I spent more time actually binge watching Unsolved Mysteries, which was recently added to Netflix. For those that don't know, Unsolved Mysteries is a kind of a remake of an older show, kind of touching on the same subject of obviously Unsolved Mysteries. And the majority of them stem from uh, marital situations In any marital situation when somebody goes missing, the first suspect is always either the husband or the wife, whichever one obviously didn't go missing. And the entire time I'm watching this show, all I'm thinking of is that, wow, this is this is basically what happens in Gone Girl. Everything's playing out the same way. Nick Dunn is obviously the prime suspect. Everyone all of a sudden is up in arms looking for Amy Dunn, kind of inserting themselves into their life without even knowing Amy or knowing the situation entirely. And all I was thinking of is, wow, Gone Girl would have made for a great Unsolved Mysteries episode if it had remained unsolved.
3: With that being said, what's everyone think of the movie Gone Girl? Nick?
2: Uh, listen, it's a it's a Fincher movie, so I was very excited when this got uh, selected as what we were going to watch. Fincher one of my favorite directors. I think he, he might be the perfect director. Um, and I'm, I'm really sad that we haven't we haven't gotten a new movie out of him. And and I'm worried that we won't get it. Get 2020's movie out of him in a long time. This is I guess this is the last one, right? Six years ago. Yep. So it's been a while. And, you know, as far as content wise, I just like, I remember watching this trailer and thinking, oh shit, Uh, you know, the book was a big sensation, felt like everybody was reading it and then, you know, having David Fincher adapt it, very excited. And then watching the trailer, I just remember Ben Affleck and his, his stupid fucking Ben Affleck, like it felt like a Ben Affleck smile standing next to the missing photo of Rosamund Pike. It was, it's like, okay, well, this piece of shit did it. And then I read the and then I read book.
3: Oh, so you did read the book?
2: I did. Um, so that, that kind of that kind of spoiled things. But uh, <laughs> Ryan, what's the what's the first thing that comes to comes to your mind? Is it is it Fincher? I know you love Fincher.
3: David Fincher, I think, is one of the best directors that we've had in the last twenty years, twenty five years, thirty years. Shit, going all the way back to Aliens three or Alien three. But when I think of Gone Girl, after I watched it, I was like. My God, please do not let Amanda watch that fucking movie because Roseman P- Pike's eyes, I love Amanda, but when you look in her eyes, I see the same look. I'm like, she will kill you. Murder? So that's the first thing I think of is, please do not let Amanda watch this movie. And then you know what? Jen's pick one, and Amanda got to see it. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's great.
4: I just need to make sure all the guys here saw this movie.
3: No shit. <laughs> so Jen, why'd you pick this movie?
4: Well, I saw it, I guess, in theaters like a long time ago. And I just remember it being ben Aff- it being Ben Affleck. Uh, once again, another movie that was a book that I did not read. So my bad <laughs> to the author. Um, but no, yeah, Ben Affleck, great movie. It looked dark. It looked scary. It looked, you know, like a good feminist film. <laughs> cause we all know that I'm the resident feminist here.
1: Yes, she is.
2: <laughs> you saw you saw a trailer about the murder of a woman, and you were like, "This is good."
1: She seems <laughs> powerful. I'm gonna go for, seems, for that one.
2: god <laughs> these powerful women. I want to watch a movie about them getting murdered.
1: <laughs> uh, I too did not read the book, and so when I saw it get selected, I was like, "Ah, shit! I gotta read this book," um, which I did not do still because I don't have time. That's all I've got on it. Other than the fact that Ryan was like, I really hope that you don't find time to watch this movie and you have nothing to say about it.
2: <laughs> you got to stay up one night, just like in the complete dark in the living room. And he comes down. And he's like, "Where?" like, he wakes up in the middle of the night and you're not there. And he walks down the stairs and, and you're just sitting in the dark watching Gone Girl. <laughs> like with a notepad.
5: Yeah, Amanda, you need, you need to get a journal and just start randomly writing it or a diary.
3: I Ryan. swear to God, if I ever walk out and she says like, "Oh, hi, good morning, crepe," I'm gonna be like, "Fuck you,
5: <laughs> Ryan." You should go. Gra- you should grab the paper and go read it by the by the shore.
1: Jokes on I'll you! I'll be here. I don't cook.
3: Jokes on you! I don't read. <laughs>
5: Once
1: I learn to cook, it's all over for you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
5: So, so when I saw it. I remember coming out of the theater. Now I saw it with Delicia, who at the time was my girlfriend's, not my wife. So I remember coming out of the theater, going to the bathroom, and as I'm walking back out, this couple that I assume was on their very first date walked out, and this guy just did, you know, the thing that every guy does—the whole hand, you know, hands on the head thing, the thing—and all he was saying is, "My God, that was the worst first date movie I could have ever thought of." And I'm hoping that somewhere that that couple is still together to this day. I hope, I hope they made it through. But realistically, she might have. She might have murdered him after a few months and a bit of inspiration from Gone Girl. The other thing that I think of when I think of Gone Girl is the fact that Ben Affleck at the time was training at night uh, to bulk up for Batman. So if you notice, you can kind of tell which order they film certain scenes because he just gets more and more jacked throughout the movie and the shirts get tighter and tighter. And they told him that he needed to stop working out so much because they were continuously having to buy bigger shirts for him. For example, in like one of the first scenes, if you notice... The shirt that he's wearing is 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 very tightly fit, whereas later on in the movie they're looser. So there are definitely some scenes that they filmed late, like later on, <laughs> later on in his training. And Nick, and I see the way you're looking at me. <laughs> no,
2: it's just I I saw that comment in the outline, and I don't think it had a name attached to it. So I was like, I, I guess that's Amanda's. And I should have <laughs> known. I should have known that it was yours.
5: <laughs> Listen, if you can't appreciate the Dark Knight allegedly murdering his wife and working out at night, then this isn't the movie for you, okay? Brandon, what do you think?
0: Uh, First things that I think of, you know, I saw this movie, I guess, at home, probably not when it came out, probably a few years later, um, after the hype had kind of died down for this movie and this book. Um, But uh, Fincher has this way with characters that whether it's uh, Mark Zuckerberg in The Social Network or... Uh, Tyler Durden and uh, Fight Club of just like peeling these layers back until uh, you finally get at who the the character is, and a lot of the times you you arrive you you start out maybe liking these characters. And then, kind of by the end of it, your you know your your opinion of them has changed in some way. Maybe, or maybe, so you. I, I, or let me rephrase that. So you start out with one opinion of these characters, and then by the end of it, he has this way of like really just like changing uh, your opinion of these characters. And I really appreciate that about his ability to both flesh out characters and tell stories. And so this one, Gone Girl, to me is it's a it's a good movie. It's not one of the ones that I was overly excited to watch again. This, it's not one of, it's not to me, it's not his best film. Uh, The social network to me is his best film um, or Fight Club, but um, it was a good watch. And I really, I really enjoyed watching it again, but um, I wasn't overly excited to watch this one again.
1: So what we're saying is we have a lot of Fincher fans, a lot of Ben fans, and a lot of non-readers amongst this group
2: it's a
5: movie pot and a lot of workout fans yeah well
2: one
1: one workout fan
2: <laughs> one bins physique fan
1: yeah one man studying another man's chest
3: <laughs> so for the audience that may not have seen gone girl or needs a refresher on gone girl i'm gonna go ahead and read a plot summary this is off imdb this is what 20th century fox put out for gone girl on the occasion of his fifth wedding anniversary, Nick Dunn reports that his wife, Amy, has gone missing. Under pressure from the police and a growing media frenzy, Nick's portrait of a blissful union begins to crumble. Soon his lies, deceit, and strange behavior have everyone asking the same dark question. Did Nick Dunn kill his wife? This movie essentially is a two-part movie. This is one of those movies that you... It's its a thriller. It's a, it's a mystery. It's a whodunit. And then it turns into a second completely like the first the first part of the movie is completely different than the second part of the movie and that's because and that's intentional due to its content so this movie is basically what we're going to do is we're going to break up this this movie into two parts and so we have the first half and we have the second half so if you've seen the movie you know exactly what we're talking about so for the first half of the movie what did we think like nick what was your what was your take on the first half of the movie
2: I, saw, I mean, OK, so, you know, the, the first half of things we sort of get um, we get a great introduction. I, I like how they just start sort of in the middle, how the story starts in the middle. You know, it's just uh, it's just Ben Affleck sitting down at a bar and he's like, holy shit, my fucking marriage, you know, talking with his sister. There's a line in there that his sister says that I'm not going to repeat because it makes me uncomfortable hearing that from a sister but it's, it's like a perfect, like you immediately know, you know, like Brandon is, is speaking to, you know, Fincher's the way that he gets characters and it's, it's perfect because it just sort of sets you up. Uh, You know who these people are, you know, you're, it's Ben Affleck. He's fucking tired of his wife's shit. Um, And then, and then the disappearance happens. You, you sort of start to wonder. And I read the book before I watched the movie the first time. So I kind of had an idea of the plot, you know, we're not going to get into spoilers quite yet, but you know that that kind of does a disservice. So when everything was happening, when this buildup was happening, and we and uh, you know, like you said, the the first half is a who done it, and and really it feels like it feels like Ben Affleck, it feels like Nick done 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 it. Um, <laughs> um did did anybody else like did it was it was it believable to you guys did ben affleck seem like he was the bad guy
4: he's it's 11 a.m eventually like that you find out he's at the bar and like he's literally just takes a shot of blanton's like doesn't even sip it like he's just done with
5: like that's like your kind of
4: first impression of him he's just like and nicholas you've obviously never had a sister
2: siblings can talk like that
5: nick was that your was that your critique was, I,
2: well, my immediate thing was that what the fuck? Who tells? Who tells their brother go home and slap your wife in the face with your dick? For just your loving,
5: s- just loving sister talk.
1: I'm gonna be honest. Ryan and his sister have a similar relationship. I don't oh, know.
5: Setting up perfectly for the eventual unsolved mystery of Ryan. <laughs>
1: I don't want to tell you guys how much this may mirror our relationship.
2: Ryan, Ryan, get out.
5: (laughs) Are you guys fans of libraries? Like, do you guys go to a lot of libraries too? Or
2: okay, this is this is gonna be. (laughs) It's okay. We can play this for you, Ryan.
5: Y'all are all witnesses.
3: All the evidence
1: is here. Um, No, but
5: think of Amanda. (laughs) Did Ryan buy an Xbox? And a MacBook, Laptop. I
1: buy them on his credit card.
5: Oh my God! It's, a re- it's a re- <laughs> that shit with some real shit there. It's, it's a reverse. It's a
3: reverse. No, go ahead, Amanda. I'm sorry.
1: Um, no, but Ryan and his sister do have a very similar relationship to that of um, Margo and and Nick. I don't know if she'd necessarily tell him to slap me in my face with his dick, but <laughs> she might until. <laughs>
5: Right, <laughs> I'm not going to
2: ask you to confirm. <laughs>
1: that. But we're also really close. It's not like she's like a. She's not like. Oh man, I hate your fucking wife or whatever.
2: But she
3: is a
5: bartender.
1: She is a bartender.
2: Oh god, you're gonna die. <laughs> um,
5: so I I thought I thought that it was a very, it was a very realistic take on kind of how things played out because as as we're watching it develop, we're seeing him get more and more frustrated as everybody starts to kind of intervene. You have her parents coming in. You have all these people in the town. It's all of a sudden the talk of the town. And then it's the talk of the nation. And Nick is understandably getting more and more frustrated as it goes on. And, I, you know, for the entirety of that section, I felt bad for him because it was a guy that, you know, I'm sure he was in my thought process. I'm sure he was concerned with his missing wife. But at the same time, people just don't stop nagging him. And, you know, all of a sudden you have the one girl trying to take the selfie with him. And now he looks like an asshole because he's smiling because somebody took a selfie with him and he doesn't realize it until afterwards. And then it's not until Emily Ratajkowski shows up that I'm starting to be like, wow, he is kind of an asshole a little bit.
1: I mean, with e- even with even with that flaw in their relationship, I mean, stuff like that can happen without you wanting to resort to murdering your spouse. Right. Or kidnapping your spouse. I don't know. He just seems confused for the first half of the movie. So I don't, I don't, I don't find it believable that he is the the culprit at all. In the first half.
3: See, and I, I completely disagree. Like my first watch of this movie, I was completely convinced that Nick killed Amy. And then I felt like I felt that way up until the scene where Boney asks him why he increased her life insurance. And then he yells in frustration. and He goes, because she told me to, I felt that like the, the look, the sound of his voice. I was like, he didn't kill her. He's genuinely like frustrated, and he feels backed into a corner. And I'm like, I felt that shit, bro. I know you didn't kill her, Jen. What did you think the first time?
4: I don't think I thought he did it. I just he. No offense to Ben Affle- actually, it's good acting on his part, I guess. Like he seems completely clueless. He mm-hmm. truly doesn't even seem capable. Not that he's not like smart, because he's like not stupid or anything, but he's like you know
1: doesn't seem like he could invest it invest the time or the energy into something like that
4: he's I just didn't buy that it was you know and obviously I didn't read the book so I didn't know what was happening I just knew something was coming so I was looking forward to that so
2: There, there are just so many things that are in here that make it seem like he did it right like the whole point of her narration and the whole point of like okay well it felt very believable right so you they go back they start from the beginning of the relationship they there's the meet cute little scene in the apartment where they're talking shit about people there's the the scene with sugar which i think i thought was flour originally and i was like why the fuck is he what (laughs) y'all need to get out of there that's gross you're just covered in i mean it's still gross you're covered in sugar but i guess it's slightly better you know they go through the whole thing he loses his job the recession hits or whatever and and it, it it all felt very real it felt like okay this is this is how a guy becomes, you know, you, you talked about the sitting at home, him, Ben Affleck sitting on the couch playing video games and and Rosamund Pike coming home and being like, what did you do today? You're looking at it. Essentially, I played some fucking video games and I bought myself a laptop. Get off my fucking case. But without saying that, um, it just felt very real, like the descent of a the fall of grace for a man. And then him. Um you know i okay so i i read the book so i know what happens but when i was reading the book i was like oh okay like ben or this guy could have done this essentially he has right. every reason to and she's literally telling us that he did it or that she feared for her life
5: but see i thought with her narration i thought they were doing the same thing that they, that they did in the lovely bones where you're getting the narration up to the point of you know you're getting it from the victim so I mean, I thought I thought I was kind of doing the thing that you do in every in every movie where you expect it's going to be a mystery where you're looking at every individual like, oh, maybe they did it. Maybe they did it. Maybe maybe Neil Patrick Harris did it. You know, maybe Doogie Hauser ran off the deep end and and did it. But, you know, I, I I thought they were lovely boning it. Like, I thought they were they were doing the same narration. Excuse of the of the lo-
2: <laughs> Excuse me. They were what? Is that a is that a <laughs> i thought I'm they sorry. were very lovingly boning it yeah they were lovely
5: boning it you were you were getting the narration from the victim lovely boning it <laughs>
2: that's the thing that's Got right it. It, it, it is now they do i mean they throw in they throw in there's like a sort of red herring thing where uh ben affleck gets the the text from El- emily radikowski and all it says is, "I'm outside," and he and you don't know who it's from. And it's like, "Oh shit!" Like, is he in cahoots with somebody? And then it turns out he just fucks a 21 year old on his sister's couch, like,
1: which is
5: kind of gross.
2: It's extraordinarily gross. Like, what what are you doing, my guy? Who, are you okay?
5: Whom amongst us, though, has fucked? A, yeah, I, I who? A yeah, episode. who among us? I don't have. A...
2: I would like to know.
0: <laughs> I. <laughs> I found I- it, I, I I couldn't, I could not get behind the idea that Nick did this. He just, he, like you guys said, he seemed clueless. He seemed like a dude that just was kind of checked out in his marriage and in his life in general, except for, you know, this, this 21 year old, which 11. I mean, who wouldn't, who, who wouldn't, Um, but also I found that. Amy's narration of how they met and and the story that she tells I found her to be an I I didn't trust her and I don't know that it's not because she's a woman or anything it it was just that I (laughs) at at no point when she's telling the story like I'm like okay this all seems very believable about how you guys met the recession hits and then the marriage starts to crumble But also at the same time, like I didn't know her well enough to trust her. And the only person that I did trust was Nick, even though he turns out he's an asshole, but he was at least a believable asshole because I could connect with him in everything that was going on with this investigation. At least he seemed he, you know, he, he cares about his dad, you know, he's got this great relationship with a sister. Like that's, he's a normal dude but we don't know enough about Amy to trust her or believe any of this narration that she's, that she's doing.
4: Yeah. I don't know. Was the book different. Cause I didn't read the book, but like the whole movie, I'm like, she's just kind of just very alien. Like she just looks creepy, just monotone, like no emotion.
2: She's very calculating and precise. Yeah. I mean, the book didn't mention her looking like an alien, but um, I don't remember too much of the description. Derek is the only married person here. If your wife, you know, well, hypothetically speaking, if your wife disappeared, um, would you react in a way similar to would you? Would you smile when you're standing next to a photo of her missing?
5: Absolutely not. Um, and what, cam-
2: what if a camera person in the crowd told you to smile?
5: No, absolutely. Well, first off, I mean, I, I already have kind of that resting asshole face, so I, the only smiles that I can do on cue are those awkward ones that look pained. Um, but second, as Delisa and I are watching this, we were saying like it's it's a bad look for him to smile right now. Your wife's missing look sad. Don't don't smile, even, even if you're sad, even if you're the saddest man on earth and you care that your wife is gone, don't smile. It's a bad look. But I mean, obviously he didn't know that it was going to blow up in the way that it did. Are that everybody in the town is going to be looking for their own kind of 15 minutes of connection to Nick Dunn.
0: I thought the smile was endearing. I thought that endearing. What yes, is wrong with you? Listen, are you a okay, murderer? So, <laughs> You, I thought that the smile was like Nick, Nick Dunn is a good looking guy. And I thought that that adds to like, it, like they said, you know, America loves, um, you know, missing missing women and then when the it's revealed that she's pregnant you know america loves pregnant women more than anything else but also like i think that america loves the idea of this this all-american good-looking couple and i think that that i think nick dunn's smile adds to that
4: he's also confused and was told to smile
0: yeah literally someone told him to smile
2: i
4: probably would have smiled if they were like smile
2: so you would have smiled next to a photo of me jennifer
1: I feel like this is not the first time that Brandon has said that he believes in a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what other. <laughs> wait,
2: what? Uh, let me. Maybe Leo. No. What other sociopath? But,
5: wait, are we calling? Are we calling Nick Dunn the sociopath?
1: Well, he can come off as one in the beginning, in the, right? In the
2: beginning, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was going to say if you don't know and you think that he could have murdered her, and you still think, you know, what? I love this guy. That's my boy.
1: Yeah, he's like, I mean, his smile's endearing.
2: Something about that mouth, though, huh, Brandon? (laughs) Something about Ben Affleck's mouth. It's trustworthy. Hey,
3: you and David Fincher have it, because I think from what I read, Nick, on a little tip from you, that David Fincher may have casted Ben Affleck simply just because of that little smile, because he was like, yes, Nick Dunn would have that smile. In this particular case, you saw a picture of Ben Affleck and was like, that's the guy. That's the guy we have to have.
2: If Ben Affleck had come out, sorry, it's just like if Ben Affleck had come out. Like Ben Affleck feels like he could live this this first half of this movie. That that that's why it that's why it works, I guess.
3: But maybe that's why I bought it so much was because I was like, oh my god, Ben's going through this shit. He might have fucking done it. You know what I mean?
2: So you're saying you could imagine Ben Affleck murdering who was he married to at that time? Jennifer. He's married
3: Garner. to Jen- no. You can't marry Jennifer Garner. You get the fucking chair for that shit. She's America's sweetheart.
5: She's Electra. She's thirteen fucking going kill you.
3: fucking thirty.
2: I, I should have but, known that that would be your go-to, Ryan.
3: In this movie, there is what we would call the second half of the movie where there's an incredible twist where you're just like, or at least where I was. But Nick, what did you think of the second part of the movie?
2: Um, so it becomes a thriller. I'm a, I'm a fan of the second half of the movie I, a little bit more than the first half, honestly, especially because the second half starts with like how everything went down. Um, I'm always a fan of, I don't know, the explanation to things in movies like the the scene at the end of a heist movie where they show how the heist actually got done and then the the turn at the end of it you know like uh i always wanted to know how magic tricks were done i don't know i just like the explanation of things and the Mm -hmm. sort of and i like i like it when stories tell how things you know they, they give you the stakes and they they give you the build up and then they let things sort of go longer than you think that they're gonna go so I like, uh, I like wrapping things up. Um, it's kind of unbelievable. Some things that happen in the, in the second half of this movie. Um, did, did anybody. Oh, you
1: mean like pulling a pint of blood out by herself?
4: I just, I had made a note of like, how much time did she actually have in the morning? Cause once he leaves, cause they don't, there's not an actual timestamp except for he's at the bar at 11am that She was able to do all that, drain all that blood, smear it, clean it. It didn't seem logical. Like, I feel like she should have just at least drained it ahead of time to have ready to just like throw on the ground.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, how long does it take to. Well, how. Would she pull a pint?
5: I bet Antonio could tell us how long it takes to pull a pint of blood right now. (laughs) I feel
1: like (laughs) it looks like
5: more than that. Poor guy. Oh my God. Poor guy.
1: 10 to 15 minutes if a professional does it, but she's definitely not a professional.
4: But she also had energy after that to. Finish. She looks like,
1: yeah, and she was doing like physical labor. She was like rubbing, like pouring it all over the place, and then cleaning it up.
4: I just Uh, feel like she could have done that a couple days in advance, just to have ready. I don't
5: ignore the packet of blood in the fridge. It's it's a thing I'm doing.
4: (laughs) Yeah, it's a project. But also, no one saw her leave. The neighbors call about a cat, but they didn't see her leave the house.
5: Yeah, the old neighbor that sits across the street and just watches.
4: Cause you know, like he's looks like an older man who reads the paper in the morning. Like he was probably out there
1: since like six a.m.
5: That guy probably knew and was just letting it all unfold because he needed something to watch. These are my stories.
1: Maybe, maybe he was part of the group of village idiots that she was conning.
5: Perhaps could have been. I just love that it showed every kind of step and everything that she did and how meticulous she was about it. Because there's way too many movies where you don't kind of get that background detail and how they plan things out. I mean, with her, you're literally seeing a step-by-step method of how she went about this and, and how she planned it. I mean, given it's probably going to be used by other unhappy wives, but it made for a great movie. Right before we get
3: into the second part, as Nick is walking into the woodshed, I remember, like, I was like, "What? what the fuck's going on? Like, what? Like, I had, like, this knot in my stomach, and then it fades to black, and then you hear... I'm so much happier now that I'm dead. And I was like, this bitch, she totally fucking planned this shit out. Like I just,
5: that's all I remember about that part. I literally like in the theater whispered like, what the fuck? Right. As soon me as she too. said that. When I saw this, I was like, holy shit. She's behind this. She's fucking framing him. I was, and it was. It was in that moment that for me, it went from just like a mystery movie to where I was fully bought in. And I, I'm all I'm all about it. I was like, all right, what's going on? So n- and now you're seeing both sides of it. Right. And but
3: I really appreciated, Like you said, Derek, as soon as that reveals that she did it, I was like, well, how'd she do it? And I'm so glad they went into step by step. This is what you do. Find the village idiot. Find the pregnant village idiot, and all this shit. I'm like, that's fucking brilliant. Oh, my God, please, Amanda, do not watch this movie. That is fucking brilliant.
2: Amanda, do you have any pregnant friends in your neighborhood?
1: But one of my neighbors is newly not pregnant, but the other one is still pregnant for mm. the next month. Actually, for uh, the next two weeks.
2: And not like neighbor, like
3: down the road, like literally our next door neighbor.
1: Both of them.
0: And you guys know your neighbors that well?
1: Yeah, she's, actually, surprisingly.
3: To be honest, under- I don't fucking know, Brandon. I really don't. I'm not here half the week. Well, well so, so well, she could just- be best friends with the fucking neighbor. I don't know. I'm fucking Nick Dunn. You don't know what your wife does all day? <laughs>
1: She reads voraciously.
5: You don't know your wife's blood type, Nick? Should I know my wife's blood type? Which, real quick, how many people here Can we take a poll? Yeah. Know
0: their significant other's blood type. My okay, wife does not know my own blood type.
5: Yeah, Delicia doesn't know her blood p- type, yeah. I don't mind, but Delicia doesn't even know her own blood type.
3: I know my own blood type, but I couldn't tell you what, what Amanda's is, what our kiddos is, and that's a very ugh, empty feeling.
0: I just, I felt like that was a wild question to ask.
5: I, I think it was. And that's during why terr- I was like, yeah,
0: it's like, when... a weird question to ask But him, him also not knowing like her friends or what, what she does during the day. Like that, that to me, like in, you know, going back to what we were talking about in the first half of this movie, at least in Nick Dunn's characters, like that to me was just like, I mean, I probably, if, if I had a stay at home wife, I probably wouldn't be able to, I I wouldn't be able to tell you what she does all day. Um, but also like I I'm home now and like, I know that Lindsay works. Um, but I mean, I, I, I couldn't tell you what she does with any kind of accuracy. How many, and I don't know if you guys maybe can accurately describe like what your significant other does at work, but. That should name like my life. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what do I
4: look like? I mean, by the time he got home, like he could have asked, like, "Oh, hey, how was your day?" And she was probably like fine. He'd be like, "What'd you do?" And she's like, "Oh, you know." Yeah,
0: you work know, yeah. stuff. I, and so, like, how many? Like, me. how well do we know our significant others? I think is a big point of, of emphasis here in in this in this particular movie. And it made me think, like, how well do I know my significant other? I
3: it's, think we can all agree this would not I have happened up. in twenty twenty. Yeah, where's Amy gonna go? Where's Nick going to go?
0: Wait, what To the beach.
3: Coronavirus yeah. kills this shit. It's Amy's we, plan. Amy couldn't could, plan for that. We can I mean, also
1: guarantee that Nick Dunn was not asking his wife how her day went. Because he didn't care to know. She, she looks went, like well. he gave up on asking. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, how many was, times?
1: Let's, okay. She not. was probably mean to him every time he asked. As a feminist,
4: obviously, she seemed miserable from the beginning. Not like her state of being but like just dealing with her seemed miserable yeah like she was High like, maintenance. dragged me here like this is all his fault like like she could have spoken up she could have done well, she's anything.
0: complicated though i think she I think wants someone notes
4: i wrote the code I mean, for
0: she's a bitch
4: she wants to be the victim i think she enjoys it
0: but i think that goes back to the kind of person that she is and how she like you don't we don't know enough about her to trust her version of events prior to the twist. And I think that that's because she's just playing. Like, I think that that's just her playing a character. Like we, we only get the real her at the end of this film. And the real her is absolutely somebody who would change herself or try to change, try to change herself to be whatever it is to fit this situation or fit Nick's narrative I think in this in that in those particular situations that you brought up
4: I do like po- like post midway when we find out she's alive that she also like has done this before and she like framed a guy for rape and I want it's not like a great quote but I just thought it was actually kind of funny when the guy is like oh there's Amy she's like graduated from being raped to being murdered Right. For like framing people. So you see she's like got this weird pattern of like she's got the reputation already. Doing shit because she gets bored, I guess, with the guy. I don't know what her deal is, but
3: let's not overlook this. Amy's fucking psychotic. Yeah. She's a psychopath.
4: Let's not just
1: call it bored. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
4: I honestly didn't (laughs) think that the first time I watched it though. I was just like, Oh, that was nuts. And like the second (laughs) time I was like, Oh shit, she's like, no, she's messed up.
5: Jen's Jen's thinking Amy's the good guy
1: I'm gonna be honest (laughs) I'm watching the movie and I'm watching the um, I've got the outline pulled up at the same time and I see Derek saying about saying she's absolutely batshit crazy and my response is but is she though?
5: (laughs) Amanda and Jen Amanda and Jen watching that movie and all they're thinking of is good for her good for her I'm getting the fuck out of here Nick I I expect you to do the same
1: but when in my defense then it immediately went to the scene where it's like oh she's graduated from being raped to to murdering people or to being murdered and i was like oh she is okay
2: wait just just so i'm clear the faking her own murder you were like okay she's not really that crazy it it took the scene she's
1: bored and she's smart
2: (laughs) hey that's fair
1: and she's stuck in the fucking suburbs. Leave the girl alone.
4: She clearly couldn't tell him what <laughs> she was doing with her day because her day was planning to frame him for her murder.
2: <laughs> That's a full-time job.
4: Yeah. It looked like it. She was reading a lot of books, and we all know how long that takes to read a book.
2: Years. <laughs> Speaking of
3: it being a book, so it, it was a book, and it was, it was made into a film by David Fincher, and I think we can all agree here that we do have... Some David Fincher fans. Nick, what do you think about David Fincher?
2: I love him. I love him so much.
3: I don't um wait, wait, is, wait, I have to ask you this first. Is it is it David Fincher or is it your your other boy? Denis Villeneuve.
2: Oh shit. Okay, hold on a second. I d I didn't have this research up, but I did this um
3: No, real quick, you can have one. One make one more film. Who are you gonna pick? Are you gonna pick are you gonna pick Fincher or Denis? Your gun. three two one go
2: Oh, uh, that's not right now no. uh yeah uh, oh my god christopher about, nolan's taking all the christopher I'm nolan's taking all about, the parts you're talking about like in the like a future film right
3: yeah future film you can only have one you can either have denny or denny or fincher who are you gonna go with
2: it's it's denny Vill- Villeneuve. <laughs> I, I just want i only did that just so i wanted to hear you say it uh, that's i figured that's why that's why i had to give it to you um Either way, I mean, this is a perfect. This is a perfect. Uh, this is a perfect kind of movie for Fincher. I mean, I feel like he he works best under these circumstances. Uh, Brandon was talking about like interesting characters, and and characters with depth, and and in characters that have like a twist in the way that you view them. Um, he works best in these sorts of like mystery thriller settings. You know that we talked about. I don't I don't know. I mean, I feel like he's he's the platonic for me he's the platonic ideal of a director. Like everything looks so crisp. Everything is so well put together, like everything just feels well. There's a look out.
3: to his movie. There's a look there's a you know you're watching a David Fincher movie.
2: Oh, sure. I mean, you know, part of that is Fuck! I don't want to make this a cinematography. Part. Do it. Um, <laughs> do it. No, I mean, you know, part of that is the shots, and part of that is the is the colors and all that stuff. and You know, every, I thought I thought Fincher was sort of universally agreed upon as as one of one of the the greats currently working. Does, do people not like Fincher movies?
1: Are there people who don't like Fincher?
3: There's people who don't like Fincher's style of work. That the way he the way he works as actors, I think, are, are is the biggest. Thing about Fincher that people don't like. hes He takes a million takes. He will take a he'll take 10, 20, 30, 40, sometimes 50 takes of a certain scene because he wants to get the right scene. It's perfect. What he thinks in his mind is what he wants. And that drives a lot of actors crazy. It's, hey, I, I did it. Let's go. Let's move on. He wants, he knows exactly what he wants, and that's what he's going to get from his actors. But that's why he's got so many great films. I mean, if you're looking at exactly what, what he's put out there, you know, Nick. We were all kind of talking about this prior. Like I was, I thought that Fincher had put out a lot more films than he had, but he has just as many as Tarantino does—nine going on ten, I believe. So that begs the question: Like, what are some of your favorite Fincher films? Like, if you had to, if you had to put five out there, which what you know, or three, what would be your top three or four Fincher films? And, and does Gone Girl fit into that?
4: I'm gonna be honest. Prior to this, I. If you said, name a David Fincher movie, I wouldn't have been able to. Same. Because I don't follow directors. Same. Nicholas is a pretentious one, so he takes care of that. I can pick a favorite right now. Who's Go it? for it. It's like, seven. Four, seven. Yes.
5: It's yeah. Seven. Zodiac, Gone Girl, and Seven would be, my, would be my top three, probably. Seven, I'm going to say. See, it's hard. It's if seven. I gave you
3: five, that's easy. But if I gave you three, you're like, oh, which one am I going to leave out? I would go.
5: I would go. Seven Gone Girl Zodiac in that order.
3: What about you, Nick?
0: Uh,
5: Brandon, what? I'm just. I'm confused
0: as to why Fight Club didn't make it, and then also, <laughs> The Social
5: Network is his best film. Yes, that is. I mean, great. I haven't seen The Social Network, so well, oh I can't. I can't what? Oh, we're not. see we are not we are not going to turn this into. A, oh my God! You need to watch this movie because it's the greatest <laughs> fucking movie ever. It's well, the, someone's
1: got to be God. the Antonio today.
5: Yeah, that's that's fine. You can lecture me about how great the social network is another time, Brandon. And and, and as far as Fight Club goes, I mean, if I'm picking if I'm picking a top three fight, Fight Club is great. But seven, it's like seven Gone Girl and Zodiac to me. I I enjoyed more than Fight Club. It's not it's not an end all be all list. It's not this isn't the you know, this isn't the consensus opinion of the entire nation. It's my personal opinion. And I just I Fight Club probably comes in at my four and social network isn't on the podium. Because I haven't seen. You
2: want to be wrong, Derek. You can be wrong.
5: That's fine.
4: uh, Fight Club is fantastic, and despite the like, I guess the very obvious negative um, aspect of Kevin Spacey, the fact that he kind of like with Gone Girl, like the surprise is like hidden, kind of. I mean, that's only like that you find out that it's. I guess spoiler alert: it's Kevin Spacey. Oh seven. Doing the shit. Oh seven. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, what are, Sorry. What did Kevin Spacey that, do now?
4: I just think that that's what made that movie so fantastic, and the fact that he even like hid from all the media attention of the movie so everyone could be surprised at the end was cool.
3: No, I, I completely agree with you. That, that's why, I, I have, for David Fincher, the top three films for me, seven, leaps and bounds by far, seven. It, ha, it was the most impactful film that I've ever seen from David Fincher, and, and to me that's just over a social network. That's my opinion. The first time I saw Seven, I was just, what the fuck am I watching? This is incredible. Oh my God, there's a guy walking in with his fucking fingertips covered up, and it's Kevin Spacey. I didn't know he was in this movie, and you're just taken by that. Seven, Fight Club, and then I am going to put Gone Girl in the top three. I think he does an incredible job of a quote-unquote It" and then shifting into a completely different movie in the second half.
2: That's wild to me. I had a conversation with Van and he said Gone Girl was his number one David Fincher movie. Um, I, it, doesn't, it doesn't crack my top three, I guess. My top three is, Brandon's right, The Social Network is is the best Fincher movie. Um, probably the best movie. And We don't have to go that. We don't have to go there. Derek, watch Social Network. Um, Social Network 7 and
5: Zodiac.
1: We're not uh, shaming you. We just would really like you to watch. The I'm movie.
5: shaming you. Watch the movie. I'm not going to watch it because you told me to.
1: If you, if you shame him, he will not watch it. But if you ask him...
2: Yeah, but I can also still have the part where I get to shame him.
1: Know your audience, Nick.
5: Now I'm definitely not going to watch it. Hey, listen, listen. I had a Facebook profile, okay? I lived the social network. <laughs> well, Derek, what what is it about a David Fincher film that just kind of draws you in? The tension. Like, there's this constant air of tension throughout the entire movie, which I think pairs well with Trent Reznor, who did the who did the score for Gone Girl. He did this girl, the score for Man on Fire, Man on Fire, I know is one of your favorite movies, Brandon. Um, he's you know, he did the social network, which maybe I'll watch it for that alone. He did the girl with the dragon tattoo, which Jen, you mentioned earlier. I think that he does a good job with his movies of just kind of developing this tension throughout the movie and keeping it until, you know, it, it just it boils over later on in the movie, which, which it does eventually with Gone Girl. But Like every every scene, every scene is purposeful. Every scene is impactful and every scene is just is just tense. And he does a good job of not of not kind of, you know, blowing it up too soon. And it lasts with you throughout the movie. No, I agreed.
2: As a as a brief note, the whatever is going on with the music, whenever she murders Neil Patrick Harris. Terrifying,
5: terrifying. That, that entire that, that entire scene. If you want to be a cinematography snob, talk about the 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 red the red the the gratuitous red splash of the of the blood. The color, you know, contrasting with the all white sheets. And I believe it was like an almost all white room. The shot the shot was beautiful. And her but, all white lingerie. And all white lingerie. The shot was beautiful. But by God, did it make, like was it just the the culmination of all this tension that had built up throughout the movie? And it just it I I didn't expect it to go that far and to get to that level but man when it did that's a tough scene to watch yeah. also
2: also all wrong. way Neil Patrick Harris's dick
3: um, wrong I thought it Wait,
2: was did we see it? I, yes, so I have been led dick. to believe that Neil Patrick Harris's dick
3: is you see two dicks in this
1: we get to see you see two Doogie dicks and
3: you see O'Banions
1: O'Bannon it's O'Bannon, okay. O'Bannon. It's, it's O'Bannon it's
3: O'Bannon I had to edit you out because it was O'Bannon not O'Bannon Mm-mm. Okay.
2: <laughs> we'll, we'll settle this later. Um, also, briefly, all of the blood in this, because th- that's how Fincher does this. The blood is CGI, like it's not actually real liquid. What? Wow. Oh wow. To me, are uh, you sure? Weird. Are you sure that never she
5: that she didn't actually kill Neil Patrick Harris in that scene? I mean, have we well, seen Have we seen him since?
2: It helps because because Fincher is. Fincher's the asshole who's like, I want to do eighty takes of this, and so you can't have you know blood continuing to be spilled over and over again.
4: What about in the shower scene?
2: Yeah, it's it's a CGI shower. It's a CGI uh, blood on, CGI dick. and then CGI. What?
4: Dick.
5: Don't tell me that's wait a CGI wait is dick. the dick CGI?
0: No, of course no. not. No. Really okay, gone. okay. Yeah. Trevor right. Garner
5: right. actually confirmed that that, that was his re- that it wasn't even like a stand in. It was his real dick.
0: Okay, right. all right, I but then it right. but would the question
5: that I need to look for in the credits. Is there a fluffer? Like did they have a fluffer on set for Ben Affleck and who is the person being paid to do that?
0: No, that it, it had perfect hang, like it wasn't it, it was unfluffed. The hang was
5: right. Perfect for being unfluffed.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean perfect. he's clear he's
5: clear he's clearly a shower. And when mean yeah, we, we saw a full shower. bat we saw full bat dick. Like we yeah, saw a yeah, full yeah. bat dick in that scene. authentic, organic, salt of the earth, bat dick.
2: I mean, wait, salt of the earth, bat dick. Excuse me.
5: It's buzzwords, Nick. Nobody knows what it means, but it's provocative. It gets the people going.
2: So, so speaking of, 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 commitment to acting, I guess, um, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about Ben Affleck and, and not just about his dick. Um, you know, I, I think I talked about this earlier, uh. He just he felt like the perfect guy to play this role, right? Because he just it just seemed like an accurate representation of his life, like the paparazzi.
5: Uh, did, did did they ever come up with a list of who else was considered for the role or was it straight up Ben Affleck it's Ben Affleck or bust with
2: it? I I have heard John Hamm for this. Oh
5: fuck, I like John Hamm. Uh, oh, apparently he's got a big old
2: dick, too. He's, he's got he's got Jennifer, the you're muted. You're talking about John Ham's dick That's very it. excitedly, and no one can hear you. No, no, no. Ham I, and John
4: was Ham. Dick. I was just saying, in general, John Ham is a fantastic actor. You
5: know, the fantastic and day. he does have a big
0: dick. We, well,
4: I mean, can... Ben Affleck got like, what, 0. 0.5 seconds of dick, and we had to see what's her face's boobs for like 10 plus seconds? Nicholas?
5: I didn't that
1: count. I
4: oh, I counted. John Ham would have been great.
1: I don't know. I don't think John Hamm could play the clueless. I don't know.
5: So yeah. was was David was David Fincher's like qualifications for who could play Nick Dunn characters or actors that have also been linked to potentially being Batman? Because that's, John Hamm at one point was also rumored to be in the running for Batman.
4: John Hamm just looks like he probably actually could have done it.
2: Oh,
5: that's yeah. True. I mean, yeah.
4: That's, that's, that's
2: a oh, good. Right? Oh, that's a good point. Oh. Is that? And I, I mean, like
4: little kind of like i don't know
2: the the overlap that you're that you're talking about Derek, is that like i mean people who are good at batman have to play this dual role and they have to look like they have something within them that's sort of weird and dark right like they have to be a normal person but they have to look like there's something fucked up inside of them that maybe they're trying to hide and i mean ben affleck does it in a way that's like sort of goofy i guess like he looks kind of dumb but it's also like maybe he's a murderer i don't know yeah john ham
5: john ham ben affleck was almost he was it's like he was trying to play kind of the doting husband and i think at one point tyler perry even used that term was like the doting loving husband but john john ham would almost seem too cool and collected like like jen said he's somebody that like from the get-go you would have thought oh yeah he probably did it he probably this guy's gonna get away with it he's too he's too smooth I don't know if John Hamm. It a
1: better movie though, right? Because that would have made it less obvious to me that it was clearly not Ben Affleck. Like for me, it was clearly not Ben Affleck the whole time I was watching the first half of the movie. It's like clearly he did he did not do this. He is too lazy and too uninterested in her in general to even want to do that. Like he's just gonna like let this ride and do his thing with whoever on the side and just you know run his bar and. Be, be be mediocre
2: it should have been that role should have been somebody more believable like a i mean like like john Hamm doing john draper where it's like okay well this guy is an asshole and could have fucking murdered somebody
1: yeah i think yeah
2: okay but there's something there's something about ben affleck that i just don't i don't like and i don't trust I, brandon has talked about how he was like oh man that's my guy like i can um I don't agree with. I just really empathize with him. Like I look at Ben Affleck, and I'm like,
1: that fucking asshole.
2: You're a fuck. You're a fucking asshole. Um, like there's just something off about him. So I don't know. I I can see it with Ben Affleck. Is there anybody? We don't do this very often. Somebody I I thought about George Clooney in this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like I don't think that I've seen George Clooney play. uh, the last time that I saw him play a bad guy.
3: I think if he had played if he had played it like he played Michael Clayton where he was a little sure. there was a little anxiety there I think that that would have sold.
2: He's just too old.
3: Yeah. I'm biased towards Ben Affleck, so I think Ben is perfectly cast here. Like I've always enjoyed his movies and I'll always have a fondness especially for him and Matt Damon because when they won their Oscar they were so real and their speech like really made you believe that anything was possible. But to go back to your thing about George Clooney, I think the only other person I can see playing this part because he has Uh, like Amy's mom said like, Oh, you're running for homecoming King like that, but has that homecoming King quote charm to him is like Brad Pitt. Not only because of his acting chops, but he's, he's, he kind of had like that same fall from grace, like that Ben had after his divorce from Jennifer Aniston. So I could see a Brad Pitt playing the part of a Nick Dunn, but I'll always think Nick Dunn, Ben Affleck.
1: Brad could never, how dare you?
2: He's too
3: fun.
1: Ben Affleck's an asshole. And when you see him on screen, you're like, look at this smug looking asshole. Look at this smug fucker.
2: I hate this guy. I don't care if he did it or not. Put him in jail. (laughs) Ryan, (laughs) be careful. I'm going to tread
3: lightly the rest of this podcast.
1: (laughs) Ryan looks up to Ben Affleck.
3: Not for, I mean, mean, look look, look where he's at now.
2: Well, he's got anadarmis. He's doing pretty well. I mean,
3: minus the back tattoo. I mean, he and the you know.
2: All the other problems. I'm gonna stop. Keep talking.
3: I'm gonna stop. (laughs) I think the true just star of this movie is Roseman Pike as Amy Dunn. Nick, what do you think of Roseman Pike?
2: You know, so I watched this again, and from like from jump, this woman is fucking insane. Like. She, even when she's trying to be normal in the beginning, when you're like, oh my gosh, like it's so sad that this poor little white woman got murdered. I was like, she looks like she deserves to be murdered. Come on. You don't have to be like
0: this. Jen, you hearing your boy? Yeah. I heard. What is the feminist in you think about that?
4: Oh no, she absolutely looked like she deserved everything that came to her. Despite everything that she did, I did feel bad only because I was like, well, that was really dumb of her when she got kind of like robbed of all that money she took.
5: That was the first time in the movie where she's not in control. And I thought it was great because everything up until then, she was in complete control of every situation. It was all planned. And at that moment, you kind of saw like a shift in dynamic with, with her.
4: Also, don't, if you're like on the run like that, don't make friends with your neighbors. Don't hang out with people
2: at all. Also, if they see you drop, a giant fucking wad of money from basically on your body.
1: Fucking leave.
2: Don't hide. Oh, a, leave, but she tried to. But B, don't put it back on your body when they come to find you. Like,
4: But am I the only one who was like, how do they know it's money? It was just a bag that fell. That could have been anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, I hated her character. Rosemond Pike was great. Amy Dunn is just a terrible, terrible person. Um, like, I, I mean, I, I've said several times, didn't trust her uh, telling the story. Didn't it, she just, even from the beginning, uh, she just, she came she came off uh, when Nick first meets her is kind of cold, calculating distant, even though they have that playful banter, there was still something like there's this underlying uneasiness about her that completely turned me off from her. So I don't, there's not a lot of sympathy there when she goes missing. Um, which is, you know, terrible to say. <laughs> Brandon's like, good fucking riddance. And, and it's obvious that he's, you know, he's, he's been, Ben's character is so checked out from this, this life and this marriage of his that when it's revealed that he has this 21 year old on the side, Emily, you know, Emily's character, you're like, good for him. I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't like, oh, what a terrible dude. I'm like, you deserve. You deserve something in your life that makes you happy. Like we all deserve something in our lives that makes us happy. And you know, it just happened to be if it's a 21 year old, then if it's a you know, right. And and so good. I, I was just like, good for him. This this is undeserved. How how she treats you and and how she just how she comes across. So.
4: I like how she thinks that he was enjoying playing a character when like, I think that was just Ben Affleck genuine, like not like Nick Dunn, I guess, like as himself, because like when they first meet, she like, who are you? And like, what's your type? Like, she's immediately plotting, like, how am I going to like forge my way into your life?
1: Yeah, she titles it. What is the line that she says? says, I
4: forged the man of my dreams.
1: And she's also playing the cool girl and she. Yeah. She lists off the different types of cool girls that there are based on the man they're chasing at the time.
4: Like, I think she convinced herself she was in the right the whole time. I don't know. I just like from the beginning, it seemed like she was like plotting like, no, this is going to be the perfect life. Oh, and if it's not, it's going to be the most tragic ending for both of us ever.
2: I just don't get. I mean, that's how people are when they meet each other, right? Like
1: you're trying to be the better version of you. Nicholas, who are you?
2: Listen, it's been a long time, Jennifer. I'm certainly not. I'm certainly not attempting to be the best version of my. Right?
1: She knows you in your marrow. No, I just think like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> terrifying line.
4: When she starts off, she's like, I met a guy. Did she actually mean Ben Affleck or was she like plotting to just like find some guy at the party to like fuck up their life?
3: Oh, uh, I never thought about that, though.
4: That's just the way they filmed it and narrated. I was like, wait, was she just talking about in general? Like she was like by herself at this random party in New York.
2: Well, she lived in New York. No, I know. She's she's antisocial. She went to a party because, I mean, she's used to sort of milling about with people. Thanks to her parents. Like they're
4: really defending her right now.
2: I'm just I'm defending the beginning because it just that's the whole idea. Right. Is that it has to be believable as a setup to like the way that people meet. And I get that, like, on further reflection, there are some questions to it. But I don't know. It felt organic in the sense that it's like, okay, well.
4: Also, speaking on the parents, I guess, because you mentioned it. Am I the only one who thinks that the parents really fucked her up?
5: Oh, yes. the With the Amazing Amy stories, they absolutely fucked her up.
4: I, they forged and like, fake Or, like, what did she say? Like, they... I forgot. I wrote it down. Like
5: not plagiarized, but they. No, I think I think she did say they played plagiarized they plagiarized yeah. her childhood because I made it better, yeah yeah because their stories were the opposite of whatever she did. She's bad than she's bad at an instrument. Amazing Amy Mass was the instrument. She's she doesn't make the volleyball team or something. Amazing Amy's the star as a star.
2: Yeah.
4: Like she didn't know who she was from the beginning.
5: Yeah, it's always the parents.
3: Always. Love you, mom and dad. <laughs> With, with Rosamund Pike playing Amy Dunn, those blank ass doll eyes that she has frightens me to my core. In that role, she isn't trying to convey that she's a monster, but there's like this deadness in her eyes or like a blank look that just, I was terrified the entire time. Once I, I realized that she was doing this all on her own, I remember going back and when I rewatched this movie, I was like the entire first half, I was like, how did I not see this? But the, the amazing thing, aside outside of this role for Rosamund Pike what the fuck happened to her? In all honesty, she gave probably one of the best performances of the first half of the decade, and she really hasn't done much after.
4: She was just very briefly in *Pride and Prejudice* with like as one of the sisters, with like kind of the same like blank stared look, and I was like, "Is this just her eyes?"
3: Fincher discovered something and was like, "That's the look I want." That, and then I can't believe no one else has like capitalized on that.
2: Fincher just has the eye for these sorts of things. I don't know how he does it. I mean, I guess. Some people disagree with the casting of Ben Affleck here, but um, I just think that he finds he finds really good character or g- good actors and actresses that that seem to fit into these these skins. He he made a mention in in some interview that that Rosamund worked because a because she was an only child, and then he said he, she's a hothouse flower, which is you know like she's very sheltered, vulnerable in a way, but you know very sheltered in the way that she's been brought up. I mean, sometimes you just get those roles that are perfectly suited to parts of you that you can draw on your own personal experience. And, and the director knows that and brings it out of you and all that. But uh, I don't know. It's sad. She got nominated for a best actress Oscar. That's crazy. And then now she's in, I don't know, nothing.
1: I thought she was perfect and terrifying, um, I also think that in the same scene where Ben Affleck hangs dong, she has a great side boob profile. She has a great pair. Fuck Emily Radzikowski's boobs. Rosamund Pike has some really nice boobs. We
4: see no nip from her, though, and I don't know why.
1: As far as, like, casting goes, she was perfect. I think Laura Lenny could have been a good option if this were, you know, filmed 10 years earlier.
3: Shit, maybe 20
1: not 20. Look, I've seen Laura Linney play two decades worth of ages in in the same year. She plays the wife in Ozarks, and she also plays Amy Adams' mom, who is also the mother of a teenager, in Nocturnal Animals in the same year. So you can't sit there and tell me that she can't play. She's not versatile.
3: No, she's versatile. I just think Laura Linney, 1995, like post-Congo, absolutely.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I remember it. I saw that in the outline that you you were talking about Laura Linney, and then I listened to one of the earlier pods, and you said something about proving that Laura Linney has always been a trollop, and I was like, okay.
1: Oh, look, here she would be again, a trollop.
2: (laughs) A murderous trollop.
1: (laughs) I don't know what my obsession is with Laura Linney.
2: Hey, as long as it's not her mouth, it's fine.
4: I also feel like Brie Larson could have also been in this movie, I would have been very happy
5: i could have too. As, as what role
4: i don't know she could have been like hey nick done <laughs>
5: yeah. as, as, as that role oh you're saying is amy brie larson could have been amy
4: i would have liked to have seen her in that role i think it was perfectly casted as like it was but that and then also for the creepy vibe and like the mystery vibe elizabeth moss does oh God, a great Ooh. like her but face she- is just fantastic and like just-
2: Just do Mad Men and have John Hammond with with Moss.
4: (laughs) But she's not attractive.
1: She's not like.
4: Like we wouldn't have been sad to see her go.
1: Well, not just that, that, but like Rosamund Pike Pike is attractive. Like she, it's like when you're. You know, when you're watching the news, people are like, oh, my God, look at that beautiful woman on TV that's been kidnapped. And then
2: <laughs> Elizabeth Moss gets kidnapped. Nobody's looking for her.
0: We, yeah, I mean, you definitely have, to have a bit of attractiveness to this role, too, that, you know, Elizabeth Moss just isn't.
4: OK, guys, I just find Elizabeth Moss attractive. I'm sorry.
0: We uh, She's an odd looking.
4: <laughs> she's a, like a,
0: like a she, gopher. She
1: has. she. Ha- I wasn't going to say I that. Know. I was going to just say that she had an interesting face. It wasn't, it's not as, it's not as creepy and doll-like as Rosamund Pike's. She's,
5: she's great at being creepy, but yeah. Not doll-like. Amy's whole thing was, she put on this portrayal of the perfect, of the perfect woman, you know, the, the tall, pretty, and blonde woman, and no offense to, no offense to her um what's her i can't get the gopher comments out of my head no offense no offense (laughs) to the gopher. no offense to gopher gopher. (laughs) no offense to gophers everywhere including the university of minnesota mascot but i just can't see elizabeth moss as that as as the perfect depiction of what she believes a woman should look like and be
4: i do like there's that point when i guess amy goes to like that little cabin or wherever the hell she was staying i don't it's like a hotel or I don't know, but she was like complaining, like going off on this list of like all these things she did that like Nick still didn't approve of. She was like, I w- was the cool girl. Like I did this. I ate cold pizza. I did this and remained a size too. And like blah, blah, blah. And I was like,
3: what was the blah, blah, blah. I don't remember. I don't. Anybody That's else remember? <laughs> I remember? I remember. Mean, I do too. But
2: yes, go What on. was
4: it? I just know she was like, she, I ate pizza like, ahead, like, on the regular.
2: Oh, um, I thought we were I thought we were doing the waxing herself, but yes.
4: Nicholas. She said she blew him. Don't be so vulgar.
2: You're right. No.
1: Is that what I'm she said? Yeah. She says I blew, I blew him
4: semi-regularly. She ate pizza. She remained a size two, all this, and apparently wasn't good enough. But I feel like that's also because Amy was just not there. And honestly, divorce would have been cheaper?
3: Probably would it have been as fun?
4: No. <laughs> Shitty movie, Absolutely
0: not. Also, he wouldn't have. He would have lost so much in that divorce. I mean, everything was in her name. I feel like he
4: still so. ended up losing kind of everything.
0: I mean, well,
2: she would have. She would, would have, have lost, lost more because I yeah. mean, it's all her money, right?
1: Yeah, he. She would have to give half to him.
2: That was the whole idea of of him not winning was that he would get part of it, and then he'd be fucking a twenty one year old. He would have won the breakup.
3: So, Gone Girl's got two amazing leads got ben affleck and it's got Roseman pike but the rest of the supporting cast really good ensemble cast you have some big names you have like MPH, got or neil patrick harris you got tyler perry uh you got a good carrie coon performance emily radijakowski i can never say your name right our boy patrick fugit you got minkus who stuck out the most Derek? who stuck out the
5: most to you i was a big fan of tyler perry um, as tanner his lawyer just because it was actually Tyler Perry showing his chops as an actor. And it wasn't Tyler Perry's Medea serves as legal counsel for a morning husband. I was <laughs> a- <laughs> but um, I-, I think that he had kind of the most succinct summary of, of Nick and Amy when he told them, you two are the most fucked up people I've ever known. Cause I think that perfectly encapsulates what we saw throughout the movie. Um, and with that, much like Amy done, I have to disappear. And so I will be talking to you guys next week. Y'all have a great night. Bye, Derek.
1: Bye, Derek.
3: Bye, Derek. There goes the groom off to another table. Not nearly as fun as ours.
4: He's got to make the rounds.
3: So as far as like the other smaller roles, was it fun to see Neil Patrick Harris in this film?
1: Honestly, when I saw Neil Patrick Harris in this movie, he still made me think of his character in How I Met Your Mother. He was still Barney Stinson, but less douchey. And more dead. And more dead. (laughs) <laughs> and still slightly rapey
4: apparently. I don't know I just he's very versatile I think and he did well. He looked creepy from the moment like the door opened because like when you first see him he's in like the shades and the suit and like you can't really see his like, expressions or anything but when he like when Nick Dunn goes and sees him he looks immediately like creepy as shit. Mm-hmm. And then when like Amy calls him and like he comes and gets him she comes and gets her and like He's like I have a place for you like do this wear this like there's a treadmill out back like here's some want like all
1: this stuff like he's just like trying
4: to like shape her to be.
1: And that line where he like looks straight into her soul and he's like I'm not going to force myself on you. I just like
4: how her soul her like immediate reaction is like well I'm going to fucking slit your throat so it doesn't matter because I'm going to make it look like you force yourself on me.
2: Yeah, he basically gave her the idea of how how she was yeah she's like
4: oh her. word cool. Hmm.
3: But
4: I feel like they were made for each other, but also like they probably would have gotten bored of each other because like they weren't going to be able to do this like kind of crazy shit to each other. Hmm. They were just both already crazy. It wouldn't have been as big of a surprise.
2: Yeah, I mean, when wow. have two crazy people ever been a couple together for a long time? <laughs> when they
3: both when they both love octopus and Scrabble, oh, that was fucking weird.
2: Oh, okay. So it's weird to like Scrabble now.
1: <laughs> octopus is delicious. Okay, and
3: Scrabble's cool, but together it's like, whoa! What are we?
1: What? It was just like a weird, like combination to talk about in the. A...
3: It was yeah. oozing with pretension.
2: Oh, and that's bad. Now?
3: I'm just trying.
1: Jen. Has <laughs> yeah. has Nick ever tried to woo you by telling you he's going to take you for octopus and Scrabble? No.
4: No. Because I would have <laughs> been like, I'm out.
3: Brandon, what do you think of Neil Patrick Harris? Are
0: you a fan of NPH? He was he was a nice addition to the film, and uh, I thought that he played his part pretty well. He was super creepy, came off as rapey, uh, but it didn't it didn't uh, I didn't I didn't watch how How I Met Your Mother. <gasps> um, yeah, yeah I, it it doesn't. It, how I Met Your Mother never never moved the needle for me. Um, the he he's more he's more of the. Harold and Kumar guy than the How I Met Your Mother guy, so, uh, so yeah, no, Neil Patrick Harris didn't doesn't really doesn't really do anything for me. What I don't
3: understand, and maybe it was Fincher's choice or it was the way the character was two completely different. There, there was just two completely different tones about him. Like when we first meet him at the when he's volunteering to help, there's one thing, and then when Nick engages with him as, at his house, there was like he had like this spooky kind of monotone look about him. And then you fast forward to where he's in the casino with Amy. And I was like, Oh, that's Neil Patrick Harris. And like the Broadway kind of actor guy came out when Amy says something and he's like, nonsense. And I was like, Oh, okay. That felt like fucking stagey as shit to me. Like that, it just, it just felt weird. Like that's where I'll be a little pretentious and say about the acting. Like it, there was just, it was just a weird tone for him in the movie. Like it just completely changed it like into a different character. But maybe that was intentional. I don't know. I didn't read the book. I didn't do the homework.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I just thought, I, I thought Neil Patrick Harris worked, or I guess I thought the character of Desi worked. I don't, to me, he didn't necessarily come off as two different people, you know, like you see him, you see him at the sort of being mysterious, right? At the, at looking, the, whatever, the fucking, um, at the,
3: I I was, the help find Amy bullshit the, search, the, search, right, them, yeah.
2: search party thing. He's obviously being mysterious. He he wants to be there to help, but he doesn't want to. Even though that's like the stupidest fucking outfit you could wear if you don't want to call attention to yourself. Like, right? What, what are you talking about? But Netflix, like, I think I've seen that guy before. And it's like, if you've ever seen a photo of Desi, then you know that that's him. Right. Hurry,
4: just wear some cargo shorts and like a fly <laughs> yeah, fishing shirt or I don't stand
0: know. out like a sore thumb. But but then no one's getting a handjob. <laughs> just nobody's gotten a hand job in cargo shorts since NOM.
2: I don't know if Neil Patrick Harris works best for me in this role because it's hard for me to you know like Amanda was saying it's hard for me to see him as anything other than Neil Patrick Harris or, or the role that roles that he's known for but um, I don't know it worked I thought it was an interesting character I
4: should don't know who else could have done it
2: pretentious pretentious little skinny white people you know that, McGuire, are, that are obviously inferior to Ben Affleck <laughs> who'd you say
4: said
1: Tobey Maguire <laughs>
2: Oh, That creepy fuck. Yeah, that might have been really good.
1: With those dead eyes. (laughs) Could
3: you imagine Batman against Spider-Man? Holy shit.
1: Uh, Who's (laughs) Spider-Man?
3: Me and Antonio's Spider-Man. Not Brandon's. Hashtag not my Spider-Man.
2: Definitely not my Spider-Man. Brandon, you don't get to talk in Spider-Man conversations.
0: Nobody loves Andrew Garfield. It's not his fault that you don't appreciate his Spider-Man. Are
4: you talking about Antonio right now when he's not even here to defend himself? No, he's
0: talking about Andrew Garfield
2: because he's bad did anybody so I don't remember a lot of my first initial reactions when watching this movie did anybody think that she was like when she kills Neil Patrick Harris was that like a big shock yes okay
3: well no when when he leaves and she ruffles his hair and she pulls out his shirt I was like oh she's gonna fuck this dude up Doogie better run like that's all I kept thinking because I was like she's gonna do something to him because obviously you have to tie the story back together but as soon as that little deal happened, I was like, "Ooh."
1: What what about that scene made you think that?
3: Why would why would you bite his lip? Why would you bite his uh, lip, pull his hair out, mess up his hair? And then obviously when she spills the coffee on her and rubs it in a certain area and then runs to the like I was like, "This Okay. This shit. You. you know what I mean?" So
1: I didn't pick up on that. It's it wasn't until I see her doing everything else that I realized, "Oh, that that's why, but that's why I asked you to expand on that because I didn't see that as a, as, oh my God, Neil Patrick Harris is going to die until after she started fucking herself up after he left.
2: But even then you you just think that she's just sort of like doing what she can to get by, I guess. Right. If You can definitely sense a turn in her personality, but I don't know. I guess if you escalate, you escalate from faking rape to faking murder to actual murder. I guess that's. What, I guess yeah, it's a natural where do progression.
4: You go? Very yeah. rare. <laughs> like speaking on that, like when he went and investigated those people, like the lack of police investigation, like in this entire movie, I don't know.
2: I didn't. I didn't list her here. Did anyone? Particular? Did anyone? She's in a bunch of this movie. Kim Dickens, the main, the lead investigator. Was anyone a fan? Or did she? Did she do good? Did she do bad? I didn't put her down because, I don't know. I mean. Like Jenna saying, fine. I was kind of turned off by the fact that they sucked, but
0: I thought she was actually likable. Yeah. Um, I thought that she I mean, she it seems like she conducted a pretty fair investigation and gave him the benefit of the doubt, because like Jen said, he spent a lot of time making himself look super guilty, um, like case in point, when he goes to the house, like if he just mentions that the clue could possibly I mean, he set himself up to to eventually have them come back and be suspicious of the house like why was he there in particular where like she would have found it she he i mean it he ultimately leads them to the journal and it feels like i mean yeah they would have found it either way but at least he could have been ahead of it a little bit in that he could have also been like look this is the this is the first time that i've been to this house too the code's been changed i have no idea what it is like I'm, I'm just
1: following the code. It doesn't make any
0: sense that I'm going to come here for the and then change the code and then not know what the code is. Like that to me seems like he he just he spent a lot of time setting himself up. She gave him the benefit of the doubt. I thought her partner actually was kind of an asshole. Didn't care for didn't care for her partner What's at his all name? in the uh, saved. I forget what his name was, but <laughs> he was like from the beginning just like let's arrest him because he's obviously. I wrote guilty. down as one
4: of my favorite quotes where he was like, "My wife thinks he's gu- or
0: oh
3: guilty." guilty or
4: yes. she was like, "Well, if Tiffany says so, okay."
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite interactions between the two of them.
3: What What did you think of her, Nick? What did you think of Kim Dickens?
2: I don't know. I mean, yeah, I I thought she was fine. She, I I appreciated her in the beginning because it seemed like like Brandon was talking about she seemed very competent.
3: One thing that I do think is she could stand up to Ben Affleck, which is weird because her as an actress, I wouldn't have put on Ben Affleck's tier, but she did a pretty decent job of hanging with the rest of the group, or the rest that's, of the cast rather.
2: That's fair. I just think, um, you know, to that point, I guess, and specifically about that aspect, I think that she didn't, um, she sort of, she held her own, but she didn't stand out to me Especially in interactions with Ben Affleck, in the same way that like Carrie Coon did. I remember watching this and thinking, "Holy shit, I want to watch her in whatever she does." She had great chemistry, I guess, as a, as a brother and sister. She's got great lines. The, whenever, she's ushering or Ben Affleck is ushering, well, uh, God, what is, what does Carrie call her? Uh, super super twat super twat whenever whenever ben affleck is is ushering super twat out of the house and then it's it just turns to her and she's like you fucking prick you fucking liar you fucking asshole that's a, the that's a perfect scene to me
3: what did you guys think of carrie coon
4: she was supportive but she was very real i feel like in the movie like she was the most like kind of raw character
1: yeah, she had a lot of she she showed a lot of uh, like a large a wide array of emotion Um, like you really felt for her when she's sitting on the floor in the kitchen and she's um, she's telling Nick that he's breaking her heart as he's telling her he's going to stay with his wife at the end of the movie.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think Ryan, you mentioned the phrase earlier, but I think I I feel like she's she winds up being the moral compass of this movie. She's like, why the Ben Affleck? Why are you fucking this? Like, do you realize how dumb this is right now? Do you realize how stupid you're being? And yeah,
3: you boo hoo. I got laid off. Guess I'll go fuck a teenager. Great line.
2: <laughs> yeah. I thought writers hated cliches. Fantastic. <laughs> um, I
4: think she's the most honest and real character.
3: Anybody else got anything on any other supporting members of the cast?
4: My favorite was. Or my actually my side favorite I guess is Missy Pyle. She's got like that Nancy Grace vibe, and she just is so like invasive, and she's just like, oh, you know, here, and she gets him like the robot cat, and she's like to go with your robot dog, like trying to make.
0: <laughs> Short of getting the actual Nancy Grace to do Nancy Grace, of course. Yeah, but no, I think that she did a pretty damn good job of capturing like what it is to be like that evening talk show host who covers these crimes. If there was a major case in the United States, like you watch Nancy Grace to like get her opinion and then see all of the expert quote unquote opinion. And I thought that they did a really good job of like adding that piece to this film. Agreed.
4: Briefly on like the neighborhood and like the neighbors and like the, obviously the quality of their houses. Like I know it's like Missouri. No one has any security cameras. Like, I just, I have a very big question for, like, the police, security, like, anything that went, like, no one checked any cameras anywhere. Gas stations, wherever she bought the car, like, the that mall, like, none of those houses nearby had any kind of security cameras that could have recorded anything.
1: True crime is a trend right now, so I feel like we know a lot more about investigating people's, <laughs> investigating uh missing peoples and murders so back when this happened we probably weren't we probably didn't have this many questions about it but
3: (laughs) but yeah but but since we're all kind of into into true crime i that's probably my favorite scene in the movie is when bony comes in and she starts saying all right nick and tells them like everything they have like the living room stage and she does the the jump. And all of a sudden you see the picture frames and she's like, obviously this was staged. And she goes through it. That's my favorite scene. And it leads up to Nick asking for a lawyer. And I think the reason why that scene is my favorite is because we're in such of a, a true, like we are obsessed as a, as a people into true crime, like documentaries, Netflix, watching it podcast, listen to it. And that was the one scene in this movie where I was like, Oh my God, he did it. They fucking figured it out.
2: I feel like Fincher does this. I feel like Fincher does this every now and then. Um, he he likes imagery at the beginning and at the end. And this is obviously the same thing where it's the same shot of. It's not the exact same shot because it's slightly different because she smiles in the second one, but where it opens on her looking up, you know, and she's again from the beginning. She looks fucking terrifying. Just just to be clear, she looks like she's a psychopath. And then he redoes that at the end. And she looks up and she has this very sinister smile, obviously, um, a little bit colored by everything that has happened up until then. I don't know. I'm a sucker for that sort of thing where you wrap up in the same way that you start. And then also I'm just a sucker for like the the message behind that. Considering everything that happened, I, I think that's, I think it's a good tone setter and a good, and a good finisher. So it's my favorite scene.
4: I think all the scenes when they interact after she comes back, I think are brilliant and hilarious, I guess. Like in kind of a dark, I get like the
1: fake kiss where she's
4: just like,
3: Yeah,
4: (laughs) me. And he's just like, maybe not. I just like loved all those scenes. All right, you can stop acting now or pretending now. Like it's just us. And she's like, What are you talking about? You're perfect. Like you realize then. And I truly did not get that the first time I watched this movie for some reason.
3: Anybody else have any favorite? scenes or favorite quotes they want to they want to say like their absolute favorite quote of this movie
4: amanda i think your favorite quote is one of my favorite quotes because i wrote it down and i i told nick about it and i was like i don't know if i can say that but it's absolutely one of my favorite quotes from the movie
1: it's kind of long but it's it's that moment where she or it's right after they come or she comes back and he's trying to tell her to quit acting and stuff. And she's just like, I'm the cunt you married. The only time you liked yourself is when you were trying to be someone this cunt liked. And um, I don't, oh, I don't know. finish it, finish it. Oh, you want me to finish it? Yeah, I want you to finish yeah, it, it because- it, say, it, yeah. say it in the voice too. I'm not a quitter. I'm not that cunt. I killed for you. Who else can say that? You think you'd be happy with a nice Midwestern girl? No way, baby, I'm it.
3: Yes, I loved you. And then all we did was resent each other, try to control each other. We cause each other pain.
1: That's marriage.
3: That's fucked up that you and I had the same exact scene as
2: our quotes.
4: I'm going to get a tattoo across my chest like no regrets, but it says, I'm not a quitter. I'm that cunt.
2: I have <laughs> I have somewhere to be for the next <laughs> rest of my life. I'm
4: just like He pushes up against the wall and she's just like, fuck this. I'm not a qu-. like." She's already been through so much. Well, she brought it upon herself and I'm pretty sure she likes all of that pain. So she's enjoying every moment of this.
0: But also I, I am curious now and uh, thinking about how this movie kind of ended because you, you guys that think that Nick is an asshole, did you, was there any part of you that thought that Nick was being unreliable about events towards the end of this in terms of maybe setting up his poss- his own possible gone, Guy, I guess, (laughs) the best way to put it, situation like was there was was there any part of anybody here that thought that Nick Nick is setting this thing up so that he could possibly stage his own escape or justify killing her at some actually killing her at some point.
1: Nick is not smart enough. I just
4: really want there to be now a Gone guy movie with Ben Affleck following this like as a sequel to see what happens. And he takes the child somehow and like I don't know. someone start a petition.
2: I think that would be interesting, Brandon, because I mean, she mentions that I bring out the best in you. Like I, I sharpened you, you know, I made you better. I made you smarter. And if she's the one who ultimately gives him the idea to either murder her or disappear, then that would be very, very funny. To me. I don't know that it, I got that vibe, but I want him to do that because he doesn't deserve to be there with her.
1: Honestly, they're not they're not gonna be together five to ten years because
2: You don't think so? She, no.
1: He's going to fall back into his old habit and then she's gonna get pissed because he's not the man that she came running back for.
4: Also, out of context or not, like what Amanda said, like there's a quote in the movie that says when Amy's like, he actually expected me to love him unconditionally. Yeah. Is that not Mayor? Like she was like surprised the fact at like the fact that she had to love him as her husband. Yeah. She's just in all of this for a show.
3: You definitely did the fucking deep dive on that because every every quote you brought up that you've said, I've been like, huh. I have pages of like... Nick, I know you keep telling me to fucking run, but...
2: No, I mean, I said I said it's going to be scary when you wake up in the middle of the night and you go out to the living room and she's watching Gone Girl because that's literally what happened with you. <laughs> 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 with a fucking notebook open and everything. So, had- six, or, six or seven pens just laid <laughs> out. You're like, what she's the fuck? Her-
1: her different diary entries ready to go.
2: She like quickly, like hurriedly, like stuffed them away. And she was like, I'm just uh, I'm taking notes for the podcast. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry <laughs> Nicholas,
4: it. I am a good writer. I got a four on my AP exam six years ago. Wait, 10 years ago? How old am uh,
2: I? Yeah. It was, I don't know. You are, not, <laughs> you, you are not that young.
3: Anything else that we caught on this movie that we want to discuss?
2: Uh, Very briefly, I want to mention a tidbit that I found on research that said production on this movie was shut down for four complete days because uh, Ben Affleck refused to wear a Yankees hat playing a character. As an actor, he refused to wear a Yankees hat. Um, But like, you're
3: not from fucking Boston. You're going to wear a fucking Yankee hat.
2: Park the car and have yard. I'm
4: very excited and proud that he wore a Mets hat. Well, don't make that face.
2: He was a potential murderer, so.
4: Very provenly not so,
2: though. We don't know what happens.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? That's a little bit ridiculous on Ben Affleck's part, being that, you know, he's a director himself, and he's going to, hey, I'm I'm not going to fucking budge on this. I'm not wearing a fucking Yankees hat. I'm wear- I'm born and bred Boston. I'm not going to wear a fucking Yankees hat. Like, at, I think from a director's standpoint, you have to make a, a, a compromise with your actors, and apparently they... Obviously they did, but somewhat unprofessional, what do you think, Nick?
2: yeah, so that was the that was the line from Fincher, right where he in in the uh, commentary for this movie, he was like Ben was unprofessional um, <laughs> i th- I think he was joking about it, but I'm honestly I'm more pissed at uh David Fincher or whoever the exec producer was because it took you four days to figure out that the motherfucker would just put a Mets hat on right. Like, I guess I guess nobody, honestly, you know what? It probably took them four days to realize, oh, shit, does New York have another baseball team? No shit. Yeah.
4: Nicholas, fuck you. <laughs>
2: Mets are great. What about those shitty ass Mets? That's all I got. <laughs>
3: So what? What did anyone take anything away from this movie? This was a this was a the longer movie. It's a movie that just kind of leaves you in a in a position where you're like, what? Kind of. I know the first time I saw, it, I was like, well, what the fuck did I see? But I did take away some things from the movie. Did anyone else take anything away from this movie?
4: Yeah, marriage. Don't do it. Also, fake it till you make it. Nobody <laughs> made it.
1: <laughs> People literally died.
2: Fake fake it, and by it I mean your own murder. Until yeah. you make it, and by it, I mean out back of back to state. the house <laughs>
4: <laughs> I don't want to say you just don't know the person you're with or like anyone really in general, and like that's scary to think that that's not true, but also everyone's always going to be their own person, and like you can never fully be in their head. Oh yeah, almost a full decade together, like they still didn't know each other and like
1: I thought they did, and that's why they were both so unhappy. They finally knew each other and they were like, what the fuck did we get ourselves into?
4: Which is why divorce is so much cheaper than going through this faking murder.
1: Or but you I- just not get married, which is what Jen said from the beginning.
3: That's ultimately the scariest part about this movie is selling yourself to somebody. You let somebody else know who you really are in a relationship. And that's a very, that's a very personal thing. That's that's one of those things that, that you can only share with that partner that you truly love. And then finding out that that is not the person who you thought that they were, that's a shitty feeling.
1: It feels like theft.
3: Right. And that's, I think what happened with these guys. So they manipulate each other going back and forth and they sold each other a per like they sold each other a version of themselves to each other. That was fake and something they can never measure up to. And ultimately that's what this movie is about. And the only reason why they reconciled or why Amy came back was because for a glimpse, she saw the man that she quote unquote forged. And I thought that that that's what I took away from this movie is it's really hard to be who you truly are with somebody, but you better give them the real version of yourself. Otherwise it could end badly for you. (laughs) That's all I had from there.
2: It's very, it's very eloquent, right?
0: Brandon, would you take away from this film? I'm not sure what I took away from this film, actually, now that I really think about it. I mean, I guess the the easiest thing to take away from this film is that yeah, marriage isn't easy. Mar- marriage is work. Um, but I think more than that, how, how well do you really know somebody? Um, mm-hmm. You know, how much, how much of what we get from somebody, even a significant other that we've been with for years, is uh, an act uh, because they're either scared of us seeing the real them or the the real them is terrifying and and or we just don't know the real them uh because we we don't want to there's a there's a, there's a lot to unpack with gone girl and but i i think that that on the surface at least is what i took away from it is that you know how how well do you know somebody even somebody that you share a bed with
1: that was really fucking dark. We're just gonna end it on this really sad, low note like this, guys. This is
0: where we what
3: need someone like an Antonio
2: to be like,
0: my bad.
1: Pose be tripping.
4: <laughs> I'll say this bitch was fucking dedicated.
2: I was just gonna say, if you have a goal in mind, you got to be committed. It's important to do your research, do your planning, be methodical. That's what that's what I that's what I took away.
1: Do your do your homework.
2: <laughs> that's right. <laughs>
3: All right, so on the fun table, we have a four point system that we rate our films on. A, we give a film a one if we wouldn't rewatch it or recommend, a two if we maybe rewatch but wouldn't recommend, a three if we would rewatch the film and recommend it if asked about the movie specifically, or a four. We straight up rewatch and provide unsolicited recommendation for
2: this film. So, Nick, what do you rate Gone Girl? Uh, this is a four. It's uh I know we got a little heavy there towards the end, but I mean I think that's one of the things that's great about this movie is it makes you think about yourself. Um you get to see Ben Affleck's dick. Barely. I mean, more than any other movie that I think he's been in. Amanda, what you got?
1: After talking about it with everyone, I think I'm gonna have to rewatch this movie because Why? I need to take more notes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do need Don't to rewatch you? it though, because I think in in listening to some of you guys, you have picked up on other things in your in your second and possibly third watches. I think I'm going to go ahead and rewatch it, so I'm going to give it a four. She, I feel like she's
4: going to get crazier and crazier in the film.
1: I thought she's going to talk. I thought Jen was talking about me when she said that. Oh, no. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Brandon, what do you rate in this film?
0: Uh, it's a it's a three. Um, okay. I real I it's. It, And I I talk about this movie, and I say that ah, you know, it it doesn't it doesn't do much for me. But it's a it's a really good film. Uh, The storytelling is great. The acting is great. It's just not a movie, at least for me, that stands out. Uh, I think that if you are just going to look at a movie from this director, The Social Network is where you got to start. Totally respect that,
3: Jen. What about you? What are you going to give this movie?
4: Yeah, I don't respect that. i'm just kidding Brandon. no i i give it a four i think it's a fantastic movie i think it was well done and the suspense the surprise like especially if you haven't read the book like i haven't i think it's just an enjoyable watch
3: this is a solid four for me check it out watch it don't watch it on a first date but have fun with it recommendations does anybody have after seeing this movie can anybody else recommend anything
2: Uh, my recommendation is a movie called Widows came out a couple years ago by Steve McQueen. It's got another great Carrie coon performance. Um,
0: Who else has it got? No,
2: it's got a tree.
3: (laughs) Who's the tree? What I haven't seen that movie.
2: The tree, Ryan. I'm sorry. Um, was Elizabeth Debicki? Oh, yeah, it is. That was the joke. She has a tree. Got Elizabeth Debicki in it. Um, (laughs) watch Widows. Elizabeth Debicki.
3: Anyone else have any other recommendations? Amanda.
1: I am recommending Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Lots of twists and turns in that one. Also, based off a book, based off an excellent book.
0: Brandy, you got a recommendation? I mean, I think we've already said go watch as many Fincher films as you can, but I I mean, I stand behind go watch the social network.
2: See, that's weird to me because the social network, I feel like, is the one. Listen, I think it's his best. Just like from a pure craftsmanship sort of thing but it, it stands out to me as, as the one that um, you're, we'll get to you Jennifer. Don't
4: well I have that. to pee so I know you're going to talk forever so go ahead
2: <laughs> I'm going to turn the mic towards the bathroom so, so that angry. they can I'm
4: actually right here because I thought you were going to talk shit I'm going to turn the mic
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have um. headphones you give me a wet willy when I have headphones in um brandon that's weird to me because the social network feels like the the um outlier in his filmography
0: there's some the way that he portrays uh mark in the social network is there's there's a lot of similarities to to nick in gone girl i I think that there there are some layers there that like as you peel them back like mark becomes like this bigger and bigger asshole, and you know, not Nick obviously becomes this bigger and bigger asshole. And I think at the end of the day, they're both they they both end up kind of trapped. Uh, everything comes together, I think, really for him in the Social Network. Cool. I get that. I
3: didn't have a recommendation, but now I think about it. If you want to watch a movie similar to Ending with a Dick being shown, check out Paul Thomas Anderson's uh, Boogie Nights. So.
4: Oh shit! Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs>
3: Real quick, Jen, you can't even, you have to, you've got three seconds to answer this. Ready?
4: Okay. Nick Kroll. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Desi Collings, Barney Stinson, Doogie Howser. You got to marry one, fuck one, kill one. Go.
4: I'm going to marry Desi. I'm going to fuck Barney and I'm going to kill Doogie.
3: You're going to kill a fucking doctor kid? Mm-hmm. You're going to hell. Amanda.
4: Hey, I already got it made with Desi. He's got the house. <laughs> The wine, he bought me shit. Like, I'm good.
0: Hey, Nick.
2: I'm fucking Doogie Hauser. Wait,
0: wait. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. You're going to fuck a kid? I
2: take it back.
1: Baited.
0: This fuck. is baited. That's all the
3: point of this. So, come on. Think of it real quick. You who, you fuck. got it. Three seconds. Nick. Barney Stinson. I, Doogie Hauser, Desi hates. Collins. You got to marry yeah. one, fuck one, kill one, Go.
2: It's child marriage. Doogie Hauser will be my child bride. <laughs> Barney, Barney Stinson, we're fucking, and Desi has to die because he's, there are some problems there.
3: Amanda, agree with Jenner, agree with Nick. Go.
1: I'm marrying Barney Stinson.
3: Okay, so then who are you going to kill? I'm
1: killing Desi. You oh no. Fuck Wait a minute. A doctor. A <laughs> no, child no, doctor. No. Okay, no, you're <laughs> no, done. No, no, no. no. In three seconds. No, 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 no.
3: Three joking. seconds. <laughs> Desi Collins. Desi Collins. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, I got no, lost no, you already said it. You already said it. Desi Collins, Barney Stinson, Doogie Hauser. You got to marry one, fuck one, kill one, go. All
0: right, I got to marry Desi. Uh, oh, fuck. I got to kill Barney because he's annoying. So I guess I'm fucking Doogie.
2: God, all or, you fucking. Y'all are all messed up. Damn it, Brandon. Everybody.
4: You're supposed to.
2: It's good. He's sixteen, by the way. The series starts when he's sixteen.
4: In what state? What yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Quick No, especially. Derek's the only one, I guess, married here, so I and it's been very less than a year, so never mind. I was gonna say, do people still do like the anniversary gifts of like the paper, the wood, the cotton? I think so. Is that a thing? Okay,
3: I don't know. I think Amanda got wood on our fifth anniversary. Get out.
1: Right across oh, that I face. Can't wait. <laughs>